Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. I'm your host, Jay Nixon, and I got a rock start for you today. My man, Brian Sherman, is going to wow you with his story of real life transformation. Now, Brian is an author. His first book was called For Real This Time, Weight Loss, Quit Starting Over, Become the Real You. And he just released his second book called Back and Forth, The 10 Real Life Stages of Weight Loss and How to Finally Reach the End. Now, Brian's even going to tell you in the podcast that there really is no end, but it's a beautiful title. You guys are going to hear Brian's transformational journey. My man lost has lost 75 plus pounds on three different occasions. Now think about that. That's why Back and Forth is such an appropriate title for his new book. And at the end of the podcast, you're going to get all the resources, all the details on how to go buy Brian's new book, Back and Forth, The 10 Real Life Stages of Weight Loss. You're going to love this episode, guys. Saddle up, settle in, and get ready to be dazzled. My man Brian Sherman and I are about to have some fun. All right, guys, see you at the end. Brian Sherman, thank you, my man, for joining me on the Thrive Forever Fit Show today. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having me. Dude, I am super excited about this. Guys, here's how Brian and I kind of got acquainted. I mean, we're kind of birds of a feather. Um, you know, I'm from Texas. Brian lives in Texas. I'm in California now. But we both have just an unbelievable desire to help you guys live a better life, um, whether that's weight loss, you know, being better fit, like all these kind of things. And when you hear Brian's story today, you're going to get ultra inspired just like I am. Like Brian reached out to me and he's like, hey, dude, I read your book. I've got a new, I've got two books actually. I'm about to launch a new book. Can we chat? He and I got on the phone and I feel like we've been old friends. So today you're going to get inspired by Brian and we're going to tell you about his new book called Back and Forth. But before we even get into the book, like we're going to tell you how to buy that bad boy at the end. We're going to tell you how to get a hold of it. Brian, what's the deal, man? Like, why are you doing all this? Why are you writing books? Why are you telling the story? Like, what's, what's your story, man? What's the journey? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I, I'm not your typical weight loss expert, like you would say a lot of these guys are out there. Uh, my background my background's a lot, um, a lot different than a lot of those guys. I didn't grow up um, learning about fitness and health and all those things. And it's part of the reason I got to where I was in my own story. But um, I, uh, about, uh, I guess, 2013, I went on a journey with my wife and we decided to lose weight. I was um, well over 300 pounds. And um, we just decided to get fit and healthy and made some resolutions, actually stuck with them. And I ended up losing about 120 pounds in about 18 months. Um, now that's the uh, short of it. The long story is um, how I even got to that point to starting a journey like that, because that was not the first time I'd actually decided, hey, I'm gonna lose weight. Um, I've been a pretty overweight guy most of my life. When you I, told me this part, it blew me away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I've actually lost uh, about 70 pounds um, three different times in my life prior to that particular journey uh, where I had uh, gained and lost and gained and lost. And um, I, so I knew how to lose weight really well. Like, <laughs> like I had mastered the mechanics like you talk about in, in your well, book. Well, let's hit the pause button. You yeah. are an expert when it comes to losing <laughs> weight. So let's back up a minute. A while ago, you just said yeah. you're not. I would challenge you on that to say that you're yeah. as much of an expert as any guru or any dude out there. Like that's the second time you've told me that. And I'm still, I just still got that same feeling of like, wow, like this dude, I mean, you didn't give up, bro. Most people would do that once and then never do it again. I mean, you've been, you've been to the well three or four times. 
Yeah, I'd say I'm, a, I'm an expert through experience, <laughs> maybe the tough, the hard way. So uh, I remember there's a, there's a guy online, you could find him, um, fit to fat to fit, the guy yeah. who the fitness trainer gained a bunch of weight to experience what his clients were going through, right. lost it all again. Um, I wish I could say that I had been like a trainer or, or an expert and doing all that on purpose, but I wasn't. The truth is um, I was, I was going through stuff, man, in my life and I would uh, get super motivated and inspired and I did. I mastered how to lose the weight, but it was all mechanics. And I kept uh, a big part of my story is I kept trying to find something like I kept trying to lose weight because I saw the weight as the problem, quote unquote, in my life. And so everything else that was wrong in my life, I just pointed back to the weight. Well, it's because I'm overweight because of all this extra weight on my body. And um, I would lose all the weight, get to this glorious end and everything would be great for a few months. And then like everything becomes normal again. I was going to ask you, so what was the longest you kept? Let's just call it the 70 pounds. Like what was the longest you feel like you kept that off? Yeah, I'd say um, probably about a year. Okay. Yeah, about a year. And then uh, I would slowly revert back to old patterns, old ways of thinkings, um, using food as a way of coping, um, those kind of things. Uh, they were just old patterns. And I had to, and finally I got to this place in my life. I had hit, literally hit rock bottom. I mean, I like lost my job was had no money in the bank. Uh, I had just all the things that were, were supposed to be going right for me in my life were going wrong. And so I had to just take this season of deep soul searching, like what is going on? Like, obviously if I have willpower for a season, I can accomplish something great, but it always reverted back to some form of identity I was living from. And so I had to like really di- dive into the problem and dig into it. And I, I really found that there were some internal things deep within me that were off. And there were um, like a root issues that I kept trying to solve by losing weight. That um, the, the, losing the weight only magnified those things. Because yeah. when the weight's gone, there's nothing to hide behind at that point. And I think I was so um, like shamed, I guess, by what was going on in me. And you gotta understand something. You know, there's a lot of people that go through things where they experience trauma, they experience some major uh, event in their life that sets them on a course and they gain weight, they experience a lot of negative things in their life because of it, because of, of the choices they make to cope with those things. I never really experienced like a deep or, um, you know, traumatic event in my life. And when I had to really go back, it was like small patterns that I had developed over time just the way that I saw the, how the world worked. It was normal. I'm, I'm one of four brothers. I'm a middle child. So I had quote unquote middle child syndrome. Yeah. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. What's the family look like? Is, is everybody overweight? Is everybody thin? Is it a mixed bag? Like what's, I mean, what'd you grow up looking at? What was your, you know, what was your model? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, my dad um, was, you know, fit 185 pounds, got married and gained about 50 pounds in the first like three or four years of their marriage. And um, my brothers um, were all kind of overweight. One of, one of my brothers was in sports and all that. He was pretty fit his whole life. And then as he got older into adulthood, gained weight. So weight became an issue for um, most of my family, uh, which is a really fascinating thing. If we get into it later, um, whenever I started on this journey to lose weight and, and really people got to that point where people started noticing around me. Yeah. Uh, my family kind of started to lose weight and those, and it's just, you know, proximity You're around yeah. people and you start seeing it and you're like, Oh, I could do that too. And, um, 
years later, I mean, as I've been an adult now, my parents are very health conscious and very healthy now. And but that wasn't always the case growing up. Yeah. Um, I think my mom, uh, you know, she is an amazing mother, very nurturing. And one of her ways of, of loving was um, sure. buying really good food and making great meals and, and good Southern home cooking, that kind of yeah. stuff. So um, we just always had food available. And so anytime I would experience something negative in my life or just get bored, I knew I could turn to food. It was really easy for me. And that was just this pattern I developed over time. So um, like so anybody, you didn't, you didn't yeah. have, you didn't have a traumatic experience. You weren't, you know, it wasn't like a, a life altering thing. So you were just kind of, like you said, you got into these patterns and rituals and habits and your standards kind of started dropping and dropping and dropping. Right. I mean, is that what you said? Yeah. It just becomes normal. Yeah. You're new you know normal. I mean? right? It becomes normal life. Right. And, and, uh, you almost don't realize it happens. I mean, most people, nobody ever sets out to gain weight and to become overweight. But I think you just kind of look in the mirror one day and realize you get that revelation where it's like, man, what happened? Like, I'm 50 pounds overweight or more. Uh, it just kind of sneaks up on you. Well, you just talked about it. You said, you know, you've lost 70 pounds three times. And so you were over 300 pounds, lost 120 pounds. I mean, you've been on, you've been on quite the journey. And you said something about like, you had to finally realize that it wasn't the food. And you started to dig into the, like the interworkings of what was causing that. And let's be 100% honest, like that's the scary part. It's easy to yeah. blame it on the food. Like that's safe. You know, yeah. you can look at a bag of chips or some donuts or whatever. And you can be like, you know, you're bad. Mm -hmm. But whenever you start to revert that mirror inside, like that gets, that's what a lot of people don't want to do because that's the tough stuff. So walk me through that. Like how'd that work for you? Yeah. Um, a really good way to put this. So, so when I wrote the first book, I put the book out there. I started getting emails from readers who were like, Hey, this book is amazing. Do you offer coaching? And so, um, I took the opportunity and said, yeah, I do. So my wife and I actually started coaching people through the program in the book and, um, we had a particular client and she was having trouble kind of on this roller coaster. She could never quite lose enough weight for it to matter to her or she, you know, all the reasons in the world, my life, you know, work, my relationships aren't great, stress, you name it. And so we, we did this exercise with her that's called uh, why times five. So you just ask why and the answer and you ask why again. So it's like, why do you want to lose weight? And she's like, well, I hate being overweight. And so we ask, well, why do you hate being overweight? And you kind of dig into the issue to where right. they hit a threshold where they have to actually consciously face the real reason. I always say the first answer or the first question is never really the first answer or the first question. It's no. always that superficial nonsense <laughs> that, so anytime I ask somebody a question, their first answer, I'm always like, okay, well, that wasn't the truth, but there wasn't the real reason. And so right. you're just digging. Yeah. So you guys are just digging her finally where she's got nowhere to go, but the truth. Right. And so she, she kind of came up with this vague answer. It's like, well, I just want to be happy. And so I was like, boom. Now I know that sounds shallow when I say boom, but let me explain what yeah. I realized is that she, she, this is the deepest she could come up with why I think I just want to be happy. And the reason she wasn't losing weight is because there was a subconscious fear that if she lost all the weight, it wouldn't cure her unhappiness. Right. So as what long if, I'm, she what had, if I'm still not happy? What if I'm still miserable? As long as she still had the extra weight in her body, she could blame it for her unhappiness. And so she knew right away that that's actually not the real problem. So when you get into it, you, we started realizing she's actually, you know, she had some traumatic things happen in her life. Yeah. Her relationship, she's grown and her parents had passed away, but she had um, some turmoil in her relationship with her parents and, and things that were going on in her marriage and things that all contributed to this story that basically um, she didn't believe she was enough. Yeah. Um, so so, so from my own story, it was that same thing. The underlying issue was ultimately um, 
that I was afraid that uh, I guess I actually realized that when I lost all the weight, it would kind of expose the real problem and I couldn't hide behind the weight. And a part of me knew, well, if I have the weight on my body, I can hide behind it. Yeah. So I never consciously, nobody ever is like, I'm going to gain weight, you know, but, but it would happen because that was the story I told myself how, of how I could hide behind that. And, and you kind of learn to be loved by your story. So with people who are overweight for most of their life, um, they, and it sounds kind of twisted, but it's true. They learn to be loved through their weight. So they, you get empathy for it. I mean, you see it all over the internet where people talk about, you know, it's like they think they're protecting people from body shaming. Right. When in reality, a lot of times you're supporting uh, unhealthy lifestyles because you don't know why people are overweight. You don't know the story that caused them to get there. And by holding on to the weight, you're also holding on to all the other weight, all the stuff yeah. that's the surface um so i finally had to come to grips and and realize that i was living from a certain identity that um like it's where you look in the mirror and it's like well i'm just i'm just a big guy i'm mm -hmm. just big boned now after i lost 120 pounds i actually realized that was a lie i'm wow. actually kind of a small framed guy not that big and that's just one, one of those many lies that people leave where it's well i'm just big boned or mm -hmm. it's just the way i am well, I think there's back to what you were saying a while ago. I mean, this is even bigger than weight. There's comfort in your story, even if your story is traumatic. Yeah. Like even if your story is treacherous and like it's a, an awful story, it's comfortable because you know it. And like you said, it's, it's safe, even if it's horrible because people give you a pass for it. They're like, Oh, right. Hey, that's just Brian. That's big Brian. You know, it's a he's big guy. Exactly. You know, all that kind of stuff. And you know, you get kind of that pass for it. And then, you lost 120 pounds and you realize you got the frame of a dancer and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big dude. Like, you know, I'm built like a, you know, so, you know, I, I get what you're saying. So how did, so when you started to feel that, like what, what changed in you? Like, how did you make that shift? Yeah, that's, that's a good question, man. It was, it was a process. And I know you tell people fall in love with the process yeah. and it really is because you could hear my story and like we, what we see a lot of those before and after photos, we think people just had this massive revelation one day and sometimes they do and they decide to get fit. And then like the picture was taken a month later, the after picture. In reality, there's like probably a year in there right. or six months or so. But um, with my stories, I had to, I had to identify and eliminate limiting beliefs. I had to, quite a few limiting beliefs. And again, these are things that, that I did not even realize were there because I lived them out as part of the story of, of Brian, who I am. I thought they were normal things. So, and, and I say limiting beliefs, they were limiting beliefs about my identity, not about my weight. Cause the weight is always a symptom of a deeper problem. hundred percent. So, and I started to realize, so, so just to give a picture of this, when I actually faced this issue and, and hit that wall and realized like, hey, this is deeper than me just trying to lose weight or not. I don't know who I am. I got to figure out my identity, who, who I am, um, who I'm supposed to be, the, the dreams I have, the purpose of my life. So when I began to lose weight, I also um, started so many other things in my life that looking back, you know, 10 years ago, I thought there's no way that that's Brian doing those things. But I started a business. Uh, I wrote a book, now a second book. Uh, I started a podcast with a friend. Um, I started, we just started doing all these crazy huge things in our lives that were successful and taking off um, almost out of the blue. But really it was, I began to, I began to believe something different about who I was. 
changed the story I was living from. And I came up with the, the best way I could articulate it was this concept of I decided I was going to become the real me. Yeah. And so um, the whole concept behind that is that, you know, we grow up in a world where we don't have control over what we learn. We don't have control over how we're shaped. Um, we come in kind of, we think we come in as a blank slate and then we learn, we're taught things about how the world works, how, who we are and, you know, if we're worthy or not, or if we're enough and all those stories come back to our story um, or the story that we tell ourselves. So I began to realize that um, who I am, I had no idea who it really was because I had learned a different identity over the course of my life. I got to hit the pause button real quick. Yeah. I don't believe there's any coincidences in life. And so I'm, I, wish, I wish you could see my phone and you probably can't, but I can, I'm going to hold it up to you. You may be able to make it out, but I have written in my phone today. I always make like journal notes in my phone. And I, I wrote this today. I put belief and mindset, create your identity. And then I put an arrow down and said, you will never be more than you believe you are. Mm, and yeah. so it's exactly what you were going through. Like at, for a lot of your life, like you didn't believe that you were, capable of being doing or having anything you wanted and then all of a sudden that identity started to shift and like you said successful businesses you got a book coming out you got two books coming out like life starts to take off and that's not a coincidence it's based on you changed your identity like you just start, you started living as who you were supposed to be as opposed to this fictitious character that you created in your mind yeah exactly uh, and you know i think one of the reasons people really struggle um, to lose weight when they're, when they're looking at it from the beginning is because they project their current self into their future body. Sure. And, and that, that what it does, it kind of messes with your mind because you have to understand something. That's why like when you get a week or two into your journey, most people will give up because what happens is you hit that wall, that threshold of change and you have this revelation of, I cannot be the same person I've been and go forward. Right. Like, I'm going to have to either, go back to what I've always known and what's comfortable or leave behind this identity, this story that I've told myself. And that's scary for people only because it's unknown. It's the, it's the uncertainty. Exactly. Yeah. I will tell you this certainty is death. Like yeah. certainty will kill you. Um, the greatest things in life are always found in the unknown. And you the crazy part though is that certainty is one of your six human needs. So as it, you, you strive for it, but the second human need is uncertainty. So it's this weird, like <laughs> crazy, like mind game that you have to play with yourself in order to make a, that, you know, into a, a systematic approach where you don't live in straight certainty. Because like you said, you'll, you, you know, you never get what you need inside of that comfort zone and your comfort zone is certainty. Yeah, it's all, and it's balanced. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that you need to live um, completely certain of everything in life. And I'm not saying you need right. to live like in all uncertainty. What I mean is you have to remain open-minded and always believe like, Hey, what I know probably isn't all there is to know True. even about yourself. And a lot of people kind of settle on, you know, who they are and this is just the way I am and this is who I am. But, but if you leave that room for uncertainty that, Hey, maybe there's more, um, this is kind of the basis of abundance as well. Like the more certainty you have in life, the less abundance you can receive because you, yeah. you just kind of know. Um, and that's a whole other conversation. But well, a buddy um, of mine had this thing like we hate the phrase like it is what it is or, you know, oh, it just yeah. is what it is. It's, no, it's not. It doesn't have to be. It is. What it is. like you have the ability to create whatever it is that you want it to be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, with the books that I wrote, you know, I wrote that first book. It was really um, 
I just had, had to put everything out that was happening inside my, my spirit, inside um, my body. I had to put it all on paper. And I began to walk through this, this process of uh, realizing like, whoa, this is way bigger than just a personal journey because I started seeing the same symptoms in other people in other places. Um, you read about online and a lot of the fitness um, experts out there don't go beyond a certain level when they're dealing with people they know and you talk about this too they know the mechanics super well they talk about changing your habits and yeah it's a mental battle but it's spiritual too and there's something below um, the habits there's something below all that that is more about your core identity than than even about um like i said like habits so i i wrote this the first book it's called for real this time and the whole concept was that how many times have i said that phrase like i'm gonna for real this time. And I actually did. And then I would gain it back. And so behind that phrase is a whole, um, you know, belief system and mindset. And I began to dive into that and, and realize, Hey, what, what, even in the moments, like what is driving my decision to eat this cake and not pass on it? Like, why is it so hard? What, what am I actually struggling with? And it's not so much a, 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 a craving or a habit, but like, if I don't eat this cake, I'm going to feel something. What is that I'm going to feel? And why am I so afraid of that? Like, and so even diving to that feeling and getting deeper, deeper, and, and I realized- Did you go to that level, Brian? Like, did you really, honestly, like whenever you were working through your journey, did you like make, have those conversations with yourself? Yeah, I did. When I, I would, I would go back and just kind of meditate, especially when I just, when I actually went on the journey that, that brought real change in my life. Yeah. I would go and just kind of meditate and like, I can't, why has nobody ever talked about this? Like what's going on under those layers, under those levels of choices and decisions and mental patterns. It's not just cravings for food. Yeah. Those cravings are temporarily fixing something or you're eating it to avoid feeling something. Yeah. What is it? And why are you feeling that thing? And why have you decided this is the way to fix it? And so I kind of really uh, had to dig into it. And what I came up with was, was there's, uh, there's almost like there's two yous. There's the real you. And then there's what I call the confident imposter or the false self. Mm-hmm. So I use that phrase, the confident imposter in for real this time, the book. But that's the voice in your head that's telling you like, hey, it's okay. The one that's like, it's so persuasive. It's like, hey, it's okay to eat it this time. Like, hey, you've already lost five pounds this yeah. week. Like, well, he's a master salesman. Yeah, it's like, well, you could end the week, week at four pounds lost. That's a great week, man. Yeah. What, you can just go ahead and indulge right here. But that, yeah, that confident imposter is always trying to keep you from avoiding going too deep where you actually right. discover who you really are and also trying to keep you locked in that old story where yeah. things are known and comfortable. Look, your brain is wired for survival, right? So like the confident imposter is an identity built for survival. And so you actually have to, you actually end up training your, your brain what survival means. Totally. So when you're overweight, a lot of things are, are off in your brain and you actually equate eating this piece of cake is for my survival. <laughs> you know, I'm so, I'm so different as a, as a fitness and nutrition coach. Like, I mean, yes, I have like programs and it says, you know, Hey, this would be ideally how many calories you should eat and macros and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, what I really try to teach my people to do is before you make that decision to eat cake, whatever it is, like it gets super mindful. Like, are you really, are you making a decision to eat that? Because like, I'm really craving some chocolate cake right now. Or, you know, if, if that's the answer, then, rock on eat the cake but if it's like you said 
I'm a little sad. Like this is going on. I'm trying to mask. I'm covering. I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to hide myself in this cake. Then that's a whole different ball game. And that's what's, that's what's so cool about your story and kind of the, my belief system as well is like, that's the only way it works. Because if you were just looking at macros and saying, okay, Brian, well, this cake doesn't fit my macros today. I can't eat it. That breaks down, man. Like you, that'll work for like a week and a half, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, and then the cake just all of a sudden, it's like you said, that confident imposter, he shows up. He's like, how would you like to get, how would you like to have some more cake? And the next thing you know, you've yeah. eaten the whole bad boy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's super persuasive. That voice in your head, like yeah. it's very persuasive. I and mean, you have to retrain that voice to work for you. Um, well, how, how'd you do that? Like, well, give me some, give me some tips and, and give give the listeners some tips. Like, do you have like a, did you have a couple like systematic things that you would do whenever, you know, he would pop up and try to get you into that new car? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, like I said, number one, it's a process. So it wasn't something I decided one day and then it just worked perfectly from then on. Right. So it's still a battle early on, but I think the, the, the smallest decisions, like the little decisions you win in the moment end up, end up becoming the big decisions later on. You realize looking back. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I began to um, just implement very small little changes. Number one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't let myself um, like put the food in front of me. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't have it around in my house. Right. If I was at a place like going to a party or something, I would decide ahead of time, which is a really powerful tool. Um, but I would decide ahead of time how I was going to react, how I was going to feel, how I was going to think. That's a really, uh, like I said, a really powerful tool. A lot of people don't understand. Even if you do this the night before, if you, before you go to bed, say tomorrow, I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to wake up and be energized. I'm going to have great willpower, self-control. You'd be surprised the difference it makes the next day. And I know it sounds kind of funny, but there's something about affirming yourself like that. So I began to do those things. And then I it was like trial and error. I had to actually walk out what was really going to work. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not telling you I, I was perfect because there were times when I had such a bad day that I would just cave sure. and then I'd have to learn from it. But I think- yeah. That's a human behavior. You know I mean? We are imperfect creatures so that you're, you're never, nobody's going to bat a thousand. Exactly. Yeah. And so you have to be gracious with yourself. You have to get rid of that perfectionist voice. Yeah. Tells you like, Hey, once you decided to lose weight, now you have to be perfect on everything that you do. And that's, I don't the worst, that's the worst thing you can do. Exactly. It always happens. Almost everybody I've ever, ever talked to or coached that voice pops up that couple of days are like, well, I messed up. Like, I guess I'll start over. It's like, why? You, you're a few days into this. I keep going, you know? One of my um, first messages when somebody starts working with me is, you're going to screw this up. And guess what? <laughs> and guess what? That's totally cool. Because if you don't, then you're going to be some kind of freak of nature that I've never met before. And then, you know, that's going to be a whole new set of problems I don't even know how to deal with. Yeah, exactly. So, so one of the best things that I did was um, I began to create habits that made my decision-making easier. So what happens, like we, we tend to make like split decisions in moments, mm -hmm. like it all happens in a moment. And more often than not, if you really dig into that, the reason we decide to indulge in a piece of cake we know we shouldn't, um, and we, the, the way that confident imposter in our brain works is his one goal is not to get you to eat that cake. His main goal is to try to get you to think about any other time except for the present moment. So if you think about that, like, what, how does that voice persuade you? It's like, well, later on, it'll be fine. Like any other time at this moment, because when you live fully in the present, you're living as the real you. 
anytime you make choices that pull you out of the present, so like fear, anytime you, you're afraid of something, mm-hmm. um, the only way you can be afraid is to imagine something in the future, act as if it's real and pull it into your present. Right. And then you, you have those emotions as if it's happening right now. Fear isn't real. Like you totally make it up. But the same thing. So the, the voice in your head, if you notice and pay attention, it's always trying to get you out of the present moment. So if you can learn to stay present, completely and fully present, which is hard nowadays, like there are so many things pulling at us to try to get us out of the present. Um, that's half the battle in and of itself. Um, so those are, those are a couple of things that I did. So, but anyway, I, I would build habits that made my decision making easier. So what I mean by that is I built other habits that weren't necessarily for weight loss alone. Good. The problem that I made the first time or every, my entire life was about losing weight. Everything right. I did was all about, and then once I lost the weight, all that's gone. Let's go and do, you know, back to the way things were. So I realized I had to build habits that actually changed my whole life. Yeah. So I incorporated a morning routine, which I actually put in for real this time in the book and an evening routine. So the way I started my day and the way I ended my day uh, were very important. I made sure I never ate alone. Uh, I made sure I, um, you know, all the other tricks and things I would try all the stuff, eat on small plates, those kind of things. But some of the ones that made the biggest difference were like that one, never eat alone, never, um, never eat standing up never eat in front of a TV, <laughs> like just simple things like that, where if you sure. make set these little simple rules, it makes what you eat a lot easier. Um, and, and try to, if at all possible, try to be around others as much as possible. Cause all of our poor decisions happen when we're alone, we're by ourselves. Totally. I always say, I think I wrote, I wrote a whole chapter on this in my first book. It's like what you do in the dark, meaning like exactly. what do you do when nobody else is watching? Cause that's when the tough stuff happens. It's like, I mean, I could be a hero in front of everybody, but as soon as I'm by myself, what am I going to do? You know? So the more exactly. you can be around people, you kind of build those, those new habits and new rituals and we're pack animals. Let's be honest. Like we're not meant exactly. to be, <laughs> not meant to be isolated and you know. Yeah, for sure. So that was kind of the, the, the first book. It was just my whole journey. I was going through this, like losing weight and discovering what's going on under the surface, finding the, the real pain in my life that I was trying to avoid and then learning really putting a script to the story I had been living from and like, is this actually true about me? And, and, and then stepping into uh, the unknown and kind of going into scary territory. And what you realize, like I said before, I have a whole chapter in that book called you 1.0. And um, the whole goal of losing weight is not to become someone new. It's actually to become the original you. So it's the whole goal is to become the person you were had you never learned a different story, had you never built these detrimental habits that caused you to have a body that you have. Um, because like I said, all that stuff that we grew up, we just learn. It's survival. Like it's all learned. In a perfect world, you wouldn't have learned those things. So the goal is for you to get to be the person you were, the person you are underneath all the weight. And I don't mean just physical weight but um, mental weight, spiritual weight, all those things that weigh you down. That's the goal ultimately. Um, So that book, that's kind of what that whole thing is about. And there's some really cool practical tips you can do um, to master the moments. There's daily uh, like morning and evening routines, which is a lot of what what I teach now um, uh, on on my website, weigh your truth. There's uh, I'm all about the daily tools, the things that you do every single day, because you can have an amazing 12 week plan or whatever. And that's great. But then you have to break that down into what am I doing today? Like, what am I going to do when I wake up in the first part of the day and building those tools, those structures in your life um, intentionally and not just like 
letting the day just happen, but taking, taking initiative and being very intentional about your day, um, that will help you succeed accomplishing any goal, like not just losing weight, but it's the daily small things you do consistently that bring the biggest results. Yeah. The most successful people I know in every area of life or have like rituals, habits, routines, start their day with a program end their day with a program. Like it's, there's no, you know, they don't leave anything to chance. And so exactly you, you do that. What, what was the catalyst for the new book? What was the catalyst for back and forth? Like what was the, 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 the switch that flipped that you're like, Hey, I need to, I need to write this. Yeah. Two things. Well, first was my own story where literally I was just back and forth going mm-hmm. on, you know, losing weight and regaining totally. Losing weight. Um, and then also, at, like I said, we began to coach people who reached out to us who read the first book and we brought, put them through this like 12 week program that we had created. And um, I realized something very soon, like very quickly doing that is that people make assumptions about the weight loss journey that end up causing problems once they get into it. So and part of it is sales. Like we're, we're sold a story about how weight loss is supposed to go. If you go online and you can search weight loss before and after Every, all weight loss is like a before and after picture, right? Here they are overweight and unhappy here. They are all the weights gone and they're ecstatic and happy and their life is perfect. And so we, a lot of times we go into it with this kind of assumption that this is what it looks like, that there's, you know, two steps to losing weight, you know, starting and finishing. Right. And what I realized is actually, there's a whole lot that happens in the middle in the process. And it's not just that, Hey, the process is hard. You have to push your way through it till you reach, you know, your weight loss goal. When I started to really dig in and go into all the layers of it, there's actually 10 different stages that people go through. And so um, not all of them, everybody walks through. And I had been on this journey enough to know that um, this is not just me going through this, but this is, um, what a lot of people go through. And so I think my whole point of this book was to help people understand, like, if you understand what this journey looks like from beginning to end, and you know, like, Hey, I'm in this stage right now. Here's what I'm about to go through. Here's how I get out of this stage. Here's what I'm about to experience in the next stage. And, and just so you know, losing weight is not the end of the journey. Right. Like, that's actually the beginning, Right. Um, there's this concept I'm working on right now called living above zero and losing weight is to get you to zero right now you're at a new normal and that's, it will happen. It'll become your new normal as exciting as you're going to be when you lose all the weight, it'll become your new normal. And then what? And you have to be able to answer that question. And then what, what's your life going to be like at that point? But getting to that point is a journey. And so there are 10 stages and real quick, I'll kind of bounce through each one. We kind of see, so there's the, the first stage is the good intention stage, which everybody has where it's before you actually begin anything, you have really good intentions. And this is the, the things where you've learned and done all the research and you know how to lose weight and you know that you should lose weight and you have really good intentions that, Hey, I'm going to start tomorrow, right? I'm going to start next week. I'm going to do this thing and you're excited, but you haven't actually begun yet. Right. And there are a lot of things that keep you from actually beginning. And I, I outline that in the book, how to, how to break through some of those, to actually get started. And the next stage is the exciting start stage. And this is when you begin and everybody who first begins on day one, they are excited. Like I'm actually doing this. Yeah. I'm going to lose so much weight so fast. This is going to be the most amazing thing. Those people are going to be blown away by this incredible body I'm going to have. And Oh, I can't wait. We get so excited about that and it is exciting because you are actually beginning a journey that is going to transform your life. 
Um, and then you go into stage three, which is the suck stage. Mm-hmm. And this is where it begins to suck. And that's the best way I could put it. Because yeah. right after you go through excitement, you go through a couple days of working out and changing your eating habits and what you're putting in your body, you're going to be sore. You're going to be tired. You're going to be hungry. Because let's face it, you can't change your body overnight. And more importantly, you can't change your brain overnight. The brain takes time to change. So your brain is going to be screaming at you, telling you all kinds of things. Remember how great it was before we actually began? Remember how comfortable it was? Remember how good a bowl of ice cream tasted? All those things are going through your head during the suck stage. But if The you suck push, stage is kind of when the fun wears off. It's not fun anymore. It's like... Exactly. Like this, and it happens pretty quick. Yeah, this is real. Yeah. A lot of these stages happen early on, um, like in a a short amount of time. And the next stage is the habit stage. So if you will push through, even though it sucks, even though you're sore and tired, you actually start to build habits where it becomes easier, where your brain naturally is like, hey, we're supposed to work out today. Hey, we're supposed to work out at this time. You start having those triggers and cues that actually help you stay healthy and make better choices. And you start to build habits. Building habits takes time. Again, it's not one of those things that happens overnight. It's anywhere from you know, 21 days to 120 days, whatever, it kind of varies for every person, but you got to build habits. And so once you build habits, um, things get a little bit easier because you're, you're relying more on uh, unconscious behaviors now and thoughts that are pushing you toward losing more weight. And then you hit uh, the next stage, stage five, which is the dip stage. And so this is where you're seeing really good progress. You're going great. And you kind of hit a plateau. And you hit this dip and it's not just a dip on the scale, but you hit this dip emotionally where you're like, man, this is a grind. Like this is a journey. I mean, I've lost some weight. It's kind of great. You know, I can just kind of hang out here for a while. I'm getting lots of good recognition for this. Yeah. Um, But you have to push past the dip stage. And the whole point, the reason I wrote is because I want people to realize like there's hope beyond that. If you keep going, uh, the next stage is called is stage six called the enjoyment stage. And this is when you actually begin to enjoy it. And, and you, people who've been in your program for a while, I'm sure they're like, I love showing up, getting ready to work out. This yeah. is going to be hard, but I love it. I look forward to it. Totally. You look forward to the way that good food makes you feel. Yep. You start recognizing like, man, that bowl of ice cream tasted good for a second, but then I felt like crap afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so you begin to actually enjoy the process. You begin to think like, man, this is actually more fun than I thought it would be. And part of that's because your brain is changing too at this point. And so you actually look forward to things that are actually healthy for you. Um, After that is stage seven is the goal achievement stage. And this is the stage when people have quote unquote reached their goal. The reason I'm doing the air quotes, um, two reasons. Number one, people may actually reach their goal weight where they have lost all of the weight capital A-L-L, all of the weight, and they've reached their goal. And there's some people that um, have set goals and then reached those set goals, but they weren't the real goals. And so a a good example of this, one of the ladies that we were coaching uh, in our program, she we're setting our goals for the program. We're getting everything set, you know, how much weight do you want to lose? And, and she's like, and this, this lady had been pretty heavy about 350 pounds or so for a long time. And she's like, man, if I could get to 200 pounds, I would just be the happiest person on earth. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. That's a lot of weight. It's a great goal. I said, why 200 pounds? And she's like, what do you mean? That's 150 pounds. Like I was like, well, how much did you weigh when you were 20? You know, she's like, I was probably 140, 150 pounds. And I said, how come that's not your goal? And she just kind of looked at me like, why did I like, I don't know. Like, 
And I said, and so we realized she was setting very safe goals and there were a lot of psychological reasons behind that. It wasn't just, um, wasn't just that she, you know, didn't even think she could get to 200 pounds, but um, and there was social reasons around her. She was afraid if she lost too much weight, she would actually get too much attention and make some people around her feel inadequate. Sure, it was weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the goal achievement stage. We actually achieve your goals and then, uh, or you set new goals to achieve your real goals. Right. And then the stage eight is called the slowly going back stage, which is um, if you don't take this journey right and weight loss is your only objective, you will lose the weight. You will celebrate and have this amazing body. And then what? Right. And then what? And so what happens is a lot of people get to that point and they get comfortable and they use it as a reason to, great, now I can eat whatever I want for a while. Like I have plenty of room to work with now, quote unquote. And then you just kind of slowly revert back. And so if you can push past that stage and realize like what's happening and why you're doing that, there's what I call the lifestyle stage where you move out of habits and out of weight loss being your only goal in life to how do I make this an actual lifestyle? How do I actually make it to where I'm going to eat healthy consistently all the time? And you preach this too, where it's like, there's no actual end date. Like right. you're going to do this for the rest of your life. Like yeah. you're going to take care of your body and eat right for the rest of your life. And so this chapter really helps people understand uh, the motivation to do that. Cause that can be discouraging for some people. It's like, I have to do this the rest of my life. Right. And that language that I just said, I have to do this the rest as of my life. As opposed to I get to. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to I get to. And I talk about that. I said, how come you're not framing it the other way? How come you're not? So I, the way we look at freedom, it's like, man, I wish I just had freedom to do whatever I want, eat whatever I want. It's like, how come you're not saying, I wish I had freedom to treat my body well? I wish I had freedom to, how co-, you know what I mean? Like we have. I say a, this all the time. Like I exactly. I have the freedom to eat whatever I want, when I want, how I want, because I've got extreme discipline. It's like, it's almost exactly. like counterintuitive. People think, well, if I'm disciplined, then I won't get to do whatever I want. I'm like, no, it's the exact opposite. If you're disciplined, yeah. I always say like, if I, if I want to go right now and go eat a whole pizza, not going to hurt me at all. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. gain, a, I'm going to get sick, but I'm not going to gain a pound. You're not going to be able to tell. It's not going to derail me from my goals. Like, so you actually gain more freedom by having the discipline to treat yourself with the respect that you deserve. Exactly. Yeah. And so many times, man, we, we, we look at freedom as an excuse to be lazy. Like yeah. that's the ultimate goal in life. Right. If I could just lose enough weight to be lazy again. If I could yeah. just make enough money to sit around and be lazy. Like for some reason that becomes people's aspirations. And let me tell you, you'll get what you want and then realize it's not what you want. And right. you'll be more miserable than when you started. Um, so that's the, the lifestyle stage is, is transitioning like that to realizing like you have the freedom to actually do the right things for your body and make this a lifestyle for the rest of your life. And then what I realized, this was like the big revelation of the book, is that there was actually a stage beyond the lifestyle stage. And that is the 10th the stage, which is the real you stage. Once you make this a lifestyle, you, you kind of begin to realize like the reason I wasn't living like this already is because it was never a weight problem. It was never a bad habits problem. It was an identity problem that you actually were living from, like we mentioned earlier in the conversation, you were living from a false identity. Mm -hmm. You weren't living as the real you. You were living as a manufactured you to, that it was created to survive 
um, in whatever emotionally, physically, whatever way. And so this stage is where you actually, now that the, all the weight is gone, that's not like your goal is not to lose a 50 pounds anymore. That doesn't mean you don't have more goals in life. Like you have to understand when you lose, there's a whole uh, chapter in, in my first book called getting your dream body. And the whole concept is like a dream body is not to look like those people in the fitness magazines, but it's to have a body that enables you to actually go accomplish your dreams. Cause so often the not so, so often whenever we're overweight, extensively overweight, especially you will, you will only aspire to do so much. You are limited on what you believe is possible in your life because your weight is seen as an obstacle. When all the weight is gone, like physically, you can do so much more and for longer, you begin to dream differently. Like it starts opening up these avenues in your mind that were never there before because your brain would never let you go there. So if you will actually go from living a lifestyle to actually discovering your real identity, go after some really big, crazy dreams in your heart, use your weight loss as a catalyst to do that, um, that's where real change, that's where the excitement for the rest of your life comes in because you no longer have to live from an old story anymore. Um, and that, that can be hard sometimes because you mentioned this too, your, your cir circle of success, you call it, yeah. but the people around you, I remember when I was losing weight, people around me would give me, they start giving you really weird advice yeah. and they'll start saying stuff oh, well, that's great. Now I heard so-and-so lost all this weight by taking laxatives. And, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, they just, found uncle. Yeah. <laughs> they just found out that such and such diet actually could kill you. It's stuff right. that you're not, doesn't even apply to you, but they feel the need to tell you things like that is really weird. You know, it's, that, I always say this, Brian. I always, so people, my clients are coming to say, hey, like my sister told me that she's really concerned that I'm eating too much protein and that, that I may be having too much broccoli. And I always ask this question. I'm like, did your, was your sister ever concerned when you were shoving McDonald's French fries down your pie hole like it was your job? <laughs> and they always go, no. And I'm like, does that strike you as odd that she's all of, all of a sudden concerned with your broccoli consumption? And they're like, you know what? That is bizarre. Yeah, exactly. And I know you talk about this too. A couple things are happening there. One, it's exposing something in them that feels totally. uncomfortable. You're kind of breaking apart the social norm, mm -hmm. what they've come to expect from you and from everybody else in their social circle. It goes back to certainty, right? Exactly. Certainty. It's like what you're doing is, is uncertain and unknown. It scares me because I can't control it, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. And, and there's another thing too is like, I think people around us, um, they are genuinely happy for us, yeah. but they also want what's happening to you to be genuine. Right. Because the way they, in their mind, like, well, if I were to do that, I would need to do all the hacks and tricks and everything to get to that point. Right. And so they're kind of testing to see if what you're doing is real. And like, that's part of like wanting things to stay the same, the way they always were. Cause if they can get you and aha, you're tricking the system. It's like, you haven't actually changed. That's what they're kind of testing a little bit. So I know it's kind of a tangent a little bit, but I think it was necessary. But anyway, that's, that's the book. You kind of get from good intentions all the way to once all the weight is gone, you have, you have like your life is beginning now. You can actually, and I, and I just kind of show people how to set goals in the book that don't necessarily focus on an end. Like what kind of end is this thing going to bring me? Right. Think about like, if I take this journey, what kind of new beginning is it going to bring me? And look at it, frame it through that 
that frame of mind. And I, I teach you how to do that in the book. So um, yeah, that kind of sums up the book, the, the newest book back and forth. So cool. man. Oh, dude, I, two things, man. I'm, I'm happy you reached out to me. I feel like you and I are like connected in some weird freakish way because we have a lot of the same thought processes and, yeah. and we, we hadn't, you know, even spoken until maybe a couple of weeks ago. And so I'm stoked that you did that because most people wouldn't. I mean, most people wouldn't reach out to a dude and say, hey man, I wrote your, I read your book. I'm writing a book. Would you, you, would you like to, you know, collaborate and whatever? I mean, I'm like, heck yeah. Like the more people we can help together. I mean, that's the sole goal. You know what I mean? Is you and I like exactly banding together and we need about a million other dudes like us that are willing to work with each other instead of thinking, well, if they read Brian's book, then they won't read my book or they want me. Listen, people are going to read a whole bunch of books and the more books they read that say the same thing, like you and I are putting out, guess what? That just validates that I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. And this stuff may, it may work. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit of a revolution because yeah. a lot of people aren't saying this. No. I'll be honest. I read your book and I literally told my wife, I said, Oh my God, I think this guy wrote, read my book and then wrote his book. <laughs> but I was like, no, there's no way, you know? So, but cause it's true. I mean, we're kind of on the same wavelength, yeah. but I think it's, there's a, we feel a calling to, to teach this stuff because there, that is an industry that is flooded with, um, man, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of messages. It, it's a, it's one of the most profitable industries in the it's world. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. Exactly. Cause it sells. I mean, there's you hit on it earlier. You said the word hacks and tricks and whatever. Yes. And that's like yeah. something that I will never, ever preach. You talk to anybody who's ever worked with me and I've never mentioned a hack. I've never mentioned a pill, I've never mentioned a, you know, hang upside down for half an hour a day and, you know, drink this <laughs> juice and my, you know, I'm so sick of that. And I've been in this industry since I was in my teens. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time and I'm so sick of it. So to talk to somebody like you is refreshing. Mm. And I got lucky. Like, guys, I've already gotten to read this book. Sorry. Um, but Brian's going to tell us now how you can get your hands on this bad boy, when it's going to be released. I'm going to put all this in the show notes too. So if you're driving, don't get in a wreck. Brian and I are going to make this super easy for you. So, so B, when, when's the book coming out? How can they get it? Like, give us the deets, brother. Yeah, the book is launching January 27th. So um, by the time this podcast launches, a good chance the book will be live. Yep. Um, best way to get it, if you go to weighyourtruth.com, uh, there's a button right there in the, on the top of the screen. You'll see it. You click get the book. It takes you right to the Amazon page. Spell that, Brian, because some people are going to go weigh, like weigh yourself. Some people are going to go W-A-Y. Yeah, so yeah. give us the... It's W-E-I-G-H, weighyourtruth.com. And there's some other cool resources on there. Um, some things about building daily habits. There's a, a free morning routine, evening routine I give away. Uh, a couple of guides uh, for creating affirmations and visualizations and things like that that really help kind of build those daily routines to get you to, to, to make the process and the journey easier. But yeah, go to weighyourtruth.com. You'll see the button to buy the book and uh, it'll be available January 27th. Dude, that's so cool, man. Proud of you for a couple of reasons. Proud of you for doing what you've done. I mean, just the sole fact that you lost 70 pounds three times, 120 pounds. I mean, you've done this thing that most people, you know, are afraid to do. And then you really dug into the, the nuts and bolts of why you were doing it. And you got a, you know, command of your life. And now you're, I'm a big believer in this. I'm a big believer in that once we learn something, that it's our responsibility as humans to teach it to other people. Yeah. And so the fact that you're doing that, writing your second book, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for number three because I know you've got more of a story to tell and there's more people to help. And so I'm proud to be on this journey with you. And I know you and I are going to do some work together, you know, in the future, just because we're so in sync. So 
proud of you, man. And I can't wait for everybody listening to get the book. And guys, when you get the book, don't just get the book and read it. So here's how this thing works, okay? You read a book that's powerful, like the one Brian just wrote that, like I said, I've already gotten to read. And I can't leave a review yet because it's not available. But what I'm going to do as soon as this bad boy is available, I'm going to go buy the paperback, the hard copy. And then I'm going to leave the man a review because that's how more people get the help that they need. So after you read the book, get happy, get excited, do exactly what the man says, and then go to Amazon, click the review now, hit five stars, and tell somebody else what you wish that you would have known before you read the book. Like, that's the deal. That's all, that's all Brian and I are asking. Like, no, that's it. I mean, how easy is that, right? And, and Brian, let me, I mean, just how cool is that going to be, man, when you get a bunch of reviews from people that you're changing their lives? I mean, isn't that why you're doing this? Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I, I really want to get this message to as many people as possible. Um, and it's difficult because, like we said, that, that industry, even on Amazon, is flooded with diets and programs. And let me tell you, all of those things will work. Yep. Like, they'll work. Yep. And that's part of the problem. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the mechanical problem. Exactly, exactly. So th they'll work, but you got to fix the real problems and the real issues first. You got to get your mind right. You got to figure out what's the root cause of all this is. And there's not a whole lot of places that do that. So yeah, please get the book, leave a review, let other people know how the book can help them. Uh, that's all I ask. Dude, I love it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for inspiring people. And I know that this episode alone and the future stuff we're going to do together is going to help people transform their lives into where and what they need to be, brother. So thank you, my man. Yeah, my pleasure, Jay. All right, we'll see you soon. Wow. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Now, Brian is a real life rock star. And what we want to do to support him is we want to go out and we want to buy his book. Now, all you need to do is go to weighyourtruth.com. So it's W-E-I-G-H, your, Y-O-U-R, truth, T-R-U-T-H.com. You'll see a tab at the top corner that says, get the book. You can click that. It'll drive you right to Amazon. You can make the purchase from there. Support Brian. And after you do that, make sure you leave him a review on Amazon so that everybody knows what you got out of the book, your story, how it affected you. Now, I've had the pleasure of already reading this book. Brian gave me a, a, an advanced copy. I loved it, guys. It's a really cool book. It's going to give you the 10 real-life stages of weight loss. Go out and get it. Let me, let Brian know what you thought about it. And if while you're there, check this out. While you're there, if you haven't read The Overweight Mind yet, my book, shameless plug, Jay, you can't do this. Yes, I can. It's my podcast. Get The Overweight Mind while you're there. Two for one on Amazon. T just a couple of clicks. You're going to be set up. With those two books in your arsenal, you cannot lose, guys. So, man, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you loved it as much as I love chatting with Brian. So, have a beautiful day. And until we talk to you again soon, guys, love you and take care of yourself. All right. See ya.